competition is heating up between Vizio and Roku. Vizio executives have told us how the company will keep growing, but will it be enough to win in 2023 and beyond? Listen on to find out more. This is Endscreen Noise. My name is Colin Dixon, founder and chief analyst at Endscreen Media. And today is January 12th. 2023. I've been very impressed with how Vizio has pivoted its business, Roku style, from hardware sales to recurring revenue, including the all-important ad sales. Now, how successful has Vizio been? Well, three quarters of revenue comes from TV sales, but over 90% of net profit comes from its Platform Plus business, which is dominated by advertising. So Vizio has been very, very successful, and it's been so successful in emulating Roku's business model that I actually started comparing the two each quarter last year. And you'll know that if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, because I've done that in the podcast a couple of times last year. Uh, And and actually, uh, you should be watching out for next month's podcasts because by then, hopefully, both Vizio and Roku will have announced their full year 2022 performance. And I'll do a full year comparison of the two at that time. Uh, But the competition between Vizio and Roku is definitely ramping up just as Vizio sales appear to be slowing down. Vizio TV sales look to be on course for about a 10% decline in 2022. Of course, we won't know that for sure until we see the Q4 results, but certainly looking at the first three quarters, that's what it looks like. And TV sales are absolutely critical to Vizio's 2023 because they drive growth in smartcast users. That's Vizio's smart TV interface, smart TV platform, and it drives viewers of Watch Free. It's free ad-supported video service that's embedded in Smartcast, and that drives ad sales, and that's where all Vizio's profit comes from. So you can see TV sales is the beginning, the place where Vizio's success starts. So they really need to make sure that those TV sales continue to grow. But it's going to be pivotal in 2023 how Vizio figures out to keep that growth going. Now, luckily, Vizio executives have been talking and they've given us some insights on how the company sees its opportunity and how it will keep growing. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to take some of those statements by those executives and really look at what that means for Vizio and for the market. But first... Endscreen Media is partly supported by its sponsors, and we've had some great ones in the past, including folks like Gracenote, Verizon, TiVo, Metrological, and many, many others. If you'd like to become a sponsor and help keep the lights on here at Endscreen Media, why don't you send me an email to sales at nscreenmedia.com. There are many benefits, including being acknowledged in this podcast and being able to run banners on the site and many, many others. So why don't you consider talking to your marketing department and see if you can support us here at Nscreen Media. Okay, back to the podcast. 
So the first thing I want to look at is increased competition in the smart TV market and how Vizio thinks about that. Well, speaking at the 25th annual Needham Growth Conference on Tuesday of this week, Vizio Chief Revenue and Strategic Growth Officer Mike O'Donnell was asked about competition with Roku. And you'll know, actually, if you've been reading uh, pieces at my site, that Roku announced that it was releasing two lines of smart TVs, its own branded smart TV sets. This is the first for the company. It has worked hand in glove with many TV manufacturers to put Roku OS on their TVs. This will be the first time it releases its own branded TV sets. And these are likely to be very competitively priced and very competitive with Vizio. Now, Mr. O'Donnell was very sanguine about the move uh, of Roku producing its own TV sets. Uh, he said that competition is nothing new to them at Vizio. And of course, it isn't. They've been very successful for a decade or more in the US market and still hold a very solid third or fourth position in sales in the US market. But of course, with Roku's entry, the smart TV space is getting much more competitive. So that's a problem, right, for Vizio. But you know, Mr. O'Donnell was very upbeat. He said, there's only 55% of homes, I think, today that have smart TVs. So there's still a huge runway ahead of us in terms of smart TV growth and adoption. Now, I assume he's talking about the US market. That's where Vizio is active. It's not really an international company. It's not an international brand. But I have a feeling that the runway isn't as big as Mr. O'Donnell thinks. I went to look at Bruce Leishman's data and I was looking at his data, Bruce's data uh, from last year, from 2022, on the penetration of smart TVs. And he doesn't just track the penetration of smart TVs. He looks at the ones that are actually connected. So he says that middle of last year, 71% of TV homes had a connected smart TV. So not just a smart TV, but one that was actually connected to the internet. Uh, and that's versus 59% of homes that had a connected TV device, a dongle, a streaming stick or box or something like that. That's up from 64% in 2021 and 47% in 2018. So smart TVs have been growing strongly, but as you can see from that data, growth is slowing. So I don't know that there is quite such a big runway as Mr. Uh, O'Donnell thinks there is. And one of the problems for Vizio is that the only way to get the smartwatch experience is to buy a Vizio TV. Uh, and, you know, Vizio does have some very cheap TVs, but many people want those big, beautiful Ultra HD displays. And so are spending 500 or more dollars to get them, probably more like $1,000. Well, that's a problem, right? Because Roku sells a cheap dongle. You can get a $30 Roku Mini and get the Roku experience. Uh, so the challenge for Vizio is to get more smart TVs in people's homes and uh, so that they can continue to grow into the market. And as the market switches more to replacement, uh, actually get people to switch to a Vizio experience. So here's how the company thinks it's going to do it. 
Now, in the Q2 2022 investor call, Vizio's chief financial officer, Adam Townsend, said, strategically, we're willing to be at a low gross profit margin on our TV unit ad sales because they're so valuable once we get those units in homes and generate recurring revenue streams that come from our ARPU model. That's their, mainly their ad-driven model. In other words, they can sell the TVs at cost because they can make it up on the recurring revenue side. And that's exactly what the company has been doing. If I look, I looked at profit margins on TV sales at Vizio in Q3, and they were just 0.4%. That's almost nothing. Uh, so they've really taken that to heart and they are pretty much selling their TVs at cost to get people using that smart TV interface, watching those ads and driving revenue. But unfortunately, they may need to go even further than at cost. I took a look at Roku's profit margin on streaming sticks and boxes in the first three quarters of 2022 and they were negative, negative 18%. That's right. Roku loses about five bucks or so on every Roku mini and Roku stick it sells. Uh, and they're willing to do that because they want to drive that recurring revenue model. And I have a feeling that Vizio is going to need to go a little bit further than at cost if they want to remain competitive in them in this market, because you can bet Roku isn't going to be shy about making a small loss on their TVs if they can get more Roku active users. And the truth is that Vizio may need to get even more creative with how it gets TVs in people's homes because people don't always want to buy a new TV to get the latest smart TV experience. So, I don't know, maybe they're thinking about a lease plan where you can actually lease a TV or they can use the smartphone model where you pay for it monthly in your mobile plan. Or how about this? Give it, give it to a viewer with a three-year commitment to use SmartCast for all your viewing. I have a feeling that Vizio is going to need to invest in these types of models to get really creative about getting their TVs into people's homes. But no, no matter what they do, a TV will always be more expensive than a dongle. Uh, but creating a cheap Vizio SmartCast dongle doesn't appear to be on the cards. Uh, and the reason I say that is something that Mr. O'Donnell repeated that Catherine Pond, who is Group VP at Visible, Vizio, said last year. Um, what Mr. O'Donnell said was that 6% of the time, only 6% of the time on Vizio TVs is with something attached to an HDMI input, which is, in other words, people that use Vizio TVs don't really use dongles. And this is something Catherine Pond said last year, late last year, although I think she said it was 7%, not 6% of the time. And what that leads the company to conclude is what Mr. O'Donnell said. He said, I think in the long run, the dongle doesn't have a long shelf life. I think for smart TVs, the price points have come down and I think all the capabilities are there directly through the smart TV. But here's the problem with that. Smart TVs are creating an environment where dongles are still needed. 
Take LG, for example. In 2021, LG introduced a new version of WebOS for its TVs that made the interface much more complicated. And the latest version of WebOS, which they announced at CES 2023, simplifies things quite a bit. Now, owners of 2021 and 2022 LG TVs would likely welcome that simplified experience. But guess what? They're out of luck. LG says there are no plans to update earlier model TVs with the new version. And I gotta tell you, failing to support even recent model TVs with the latest versions of the interfaces and apps is something that drives users absolutely crazy. And it's an invitation for them to think carefully before buying another LG TV and to switch from the existing smart TV experience to a Roku or a Fire TV streaming stick, something like that. Now, Vizio seems to be much better about supporting older TVs. I've had multiple updates for my 2021 model, and it always does seem to have the latest version of SmartCast and Watch Free, so that's all to the good there. But with the best will in the world, there's only so much a company can do with a five-year-old TV. Performance will be slow no matter what you do. I mean, think about browsing the internet with a PC that's five or more years old. It's going to be very slow, very, very difficult, and you're going to probably go and find something that's a, a lot faster. And what's more, you probably won't have the latest apps and features on that five-year-old TV because it simply can't run them. What a user is much more likely to do is to go and buy a cheap dongle rather than replace the TV, particularly if the picture is still good. And let's, let's be honest, a TV that lasts five years is, is kind of mandatory, right? You're, gonna have, you're still going to have a great picture. And if you bought an Ultra HD TV with HDR, probably there aren't going to be that many more innovations over the next five years that mean you need to replace it within those five years. So either way, you're probably going to go and buy a cheap dongle if the SmartCast interface really starts to slow down and not have the latest apps. I think it will be way better for Vizio to be able to give the SmartCast experience to people with older TVs rather than them leave the Vizio family. So if they produce a cheap dongle, then they can just sell the customer that, or even better, just give them the dongle if it's only $25 or $30. You're going to make that up in the ad revenue and you will keep them in the Vizio family. So I honestly think that it might be good for Vizio to think about doing a dongle. Even though they think that dongles are going out of style, the dynamics of the TV market are significantly different to the dynamics of a cheap dongle. And having that in their arsenal will be much more likely to keep an owner of an older Vizio TV in the Vizio family. So I think there are some very big challenges for Vizio in 2023. Winning new SmartCast users increasingly means taking a user from another smart TV platform, and that is tough. People get used to the interface, and that will give them a bias towards buying another one of those TVs. Keeping, keeping TV prices low is essential with more competition than ever, and that means cutting the cutting the profit margin on those TVs to the bone and sometimes accepting a loss. 
and stopping users from defecting to a cheap dongle will be hard if you don't have a cheap dongle to fight with. So I think those are some of the challenges in store for Vizio this year, but I'm pretty optimistic for the company. I love the SmartCast interface and WatchFree is great too. So I think they have a really good product. They're, obviously, there are lots of people enjoying that. So I think they should do pretty well, but cracking that continued growth is going to be a real challenge. So we'll be tracking the company and how it does here on the podcast and, and in my written pieces on the in-screen media website. So be sure to check out those and future podcasts. And oh, while you're at the in-screen media website, why don't you sign up for the newsletter and get the latest opinions on the streaming business right in your inbox, either on a weekly or a daily basis. This has been Colin Dixon with Endscreen Media, and I'll speak with you again next time. This podcast is a production of Endscreen Media, all rights reserved.